Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church from the Gospel of Luke. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods... Do not, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you have hoped to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Keely. Go ahead and grab a seat. And please pray with me. God, these are uh, challenging words difficult words, maybe words we're not so excited to hear this morning. Maybe we can sense in them another way, some some life-giving way. Open us to receive your way in these words, God. Reveal your truth in them. And lead us towards practicing these words in our real lives day to day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Many of you know that I fish, uh, probably more than I should, uh, but I, I love to fish. And I can remember growing up, before I really started to fly fish, uh, I remember being around water. I grew up in, in northwestern Montana. There's a lot of water there. And so we'd, you know, we'd go by the river or the lake or this creek, and it was cool. It was pretty. It sounded nice. You know, you'd go swimming in the summertime, and it was great. It's like, yeah, water, of course, it's, it's wonderful. You'd be on boats, you can get on inner tubes. All kinds of fun stuff happens in water, and we, and we enjoy it. Uh, and then I, I started to fish, and, and it was like water became a whole different thing. It wasn't just like a, a creek or a river anymore. It was like, oh, the riffles and the braids and the eddies and the pools and the shelves and that's just like what you see on top of the water. And then all the bugs. I mean, hundreds of options for how do you catch these fish. And, and if you've ever driven with me near a body of water, you know that I have this really unique ability to, uh, to drive like over a bridge without ever seeing the road in front of me because I can just like crane my head out the window to look at the water. Um, this is an acquired skill for people who fish. My world around water, like, won't ever be the same. I might sometime in my life like stop fishing and that will be a horrible day. But if I do, like I'll never think about water the same again. I'll never be able to be around water 
in the same way. And if you, if you, those of you who fish or maybe you've been around people who fish, you, you know what this is like. Like it, it's a little bit of an obsession, but it really, like when we go on a hike, I'm really just interested about when we're going to get to the water so I can see if there's fish there. And if I brought my stuff, I can try to catch them. And that's what the whole thing is about. But my world in some real ways was really changed. And, and I have this lens now that when I'm around water, it's, it's all about fishing. This change in my life happened a long time ago, and uh, it's deeply connected in me. But it is this switch, this like new world that I have, this new view that I have, it pales in comparison. This very minor change in comparison to what I think Jesus is presenting here. But I do think he's still presenting a change of perspective, a change of uh, relating to the world around us. So as we enter the story, let's just get a little bit of immediate context. If you were here last week, you, you got the passage immediately before this. And Jesus has just come down from the mountain with his disciples and is on, on this plane and he's going to teach. Um, and this huge crowd has come around because they want to see Jesus like do some cool things, exercise some power, something neat happens, right? And he's got his disciples, his kind of 12 closest followers right in front of him. And he, he begins this teaching that's kind of, known as the the blessings and the woes. And he starts to tell them, you people who have been on the outskirts of society, now you are being centered in the story of God. You're in. You've always been out, now you're in. He says things like, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the hungry, for they will be filled starts flipping around their, their understanding of society. They've kind of lived in this world that essentially says to them, yeah, you're, you don't really matter. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 that, that's, that's mixed up. You're in the middle. You are blessed. The kingdom of God is yours. And they're excited about it. This is, this is good news to them. They're hungry, and Jesus is saying, you will be filled this is, a, this is a, a positive thing. And now he turns to these words immediately after those words. So you can imagine they're all excited. Like, okay, this, you know, things are changing. The, the system that has really been oppressing us and holding us down, Jesus is saying that system is over. There's a new system. Awesome. And then he presents this new system, this new way. But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. I don't know about you, but if I'm hearing the like pep talk right before this, these words are just like a wah, wah, wah. I'm not that excited to go out and try to do this. If this is my role now, this, this doesn't sound so fun. But this is the new way that Jesus proposes, that he, he puts out there as a replacement way. Instead of a world where you obey the conventional wisdom or the cultural norms, where you and your enemy have this like mutual rejection of each other, you just kind of both know like, yeah, I, I hate you, you hate me, that's fine. Go over there, I don't want anything to do with you where you return violence for violence, where evil is repaid with evil. We know this world, right? Where, where you respond in kind to the way you're treated. Somebody's rude to you. You're like, oh, I can play that game. 
get rude right back. Jesus is looking at that world and saying, okay, yeah, blow that up. No more. Here's a new way. Love your enemies. Bless them. When they take from you, offer more. This is the new way. Treat your enemies as if they were your closest friends. Even though they're not acting like it, you can do that. You can love them. Now, this is not saying that we ignore their behavior. This is not saying uh, that we don't hold others accountable for their behavior. It's not saying you condone or endorse what people do. This is saying love them. You can both love someone and oppose their behavior. That is possible. Mostly, though, we just don't choose to do that. We choose to just oppose and, and repay in kind. So this is another way. This is not the same game. This is an invitation to treat those who you see as other as your close friends or family. And Jesus goes on, you know, speaking of friends, he kind of says, yeah, yeah, change how you interact with them too. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Stop with the reciprocal, you know, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. I'll be good to you because you're part of my people. I'll lend to you because I know you're good for the interest. That's the old way. This old way of basing relationships on like fulfilling expectations and obligations for one another. It's the old way of keeping score. Somewhere deep down in us, we like to keep score. And so we do that. We do it with our enemies. You know, I'm a little bit better off than that person and they're below me in some way. We do it with our friends. Uh, I owe you this or you owe me that. So when we go out to dinner now, you pay because I paid last time. We, we just have this little method of keeping score and I think we, we do it with God. God, I did these good things so now you owe me this, this better life or this different life. And we, we have this interaction where we have some obligations going back and forth. And we live in that system. And Jesus is saying, yeah, that's done. He looks at his disciples and says, you were once out there on the outskirts, but God has made you central. He's brought you in and, and made you his children. And here's the new way. This is your life now. He doesn't stop there. He goes on, oh yeah, and stop judging. Stop condemning. As a a scholar and pastor, Eugene Peterson translates, don't pick on people. Jump on their failures, criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Don't condemn those who are down. That hardness can boomerang. Be easy on people. You'll find life a lot easier. Give away your life. And you'll find life given back. But not merely given back. Given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. What kind of teaching is this? What kind of words are these? What is Jesus really asking his followers to do here? 
I think if we're not careful, this can really, really seem like Jesus is saying, hey, come on, do more better. Come on, you can do it. Like, you got it. I believe in you. Just be better people. We really like to take his words and just import them into our same system, this like transactional way of being to climb the ladder. So we get really good. Say, okay, Jesus, can you, can you make a list of those things? I want to make that list. I'm going to tattoo it on my body and I'm going to make sure that I fulfill all of the things all of the time so that I know I'm better than everybody else. And then you'll owe me, right? Like we take these words and just put them into our old way. So as Jesus is saying, like, just take all that effort that you've used as long as you can remember to make your community safe, to make yourself safe, to protect you and your own, and to try to make your way up the ladder of social success. And maybe those are good things, like you need to eat, so you're going to try to build a community around you so that you and yours can eat. Jesus is coming to that system, and he's not saying just take all that energy and move it over here to do these things, because this is good. He's destroying, erasing, whatever you want to use, whatever word you want to use. He's getting rid of that whole way. This is not a slight alteration, of course. It's not a variation on the same theme. What Jesus is offering and presenting here is a totally different way of interacting with the world, of understanding the world. This is a different consciousness, a different embodied life that Jesus is inviting his followers to. You might say it's a divine way of being in the world. And this way makes it possible to respond to hatred with compassion. Makes it possible to see in every other person the face of someone you love. Jesus makes it pretty clear that that his words here are not connected to kind of the normal way of doing things. In verse 35, when he says, God, this is God who is kind even to the ungrateful and the wicked. We're not really down with that most of the time, right? We like to say maybe we are, but when when ungrateful and wicked people are right here with us, if you're like me, kindness is not like the top of the list for how I'm responding to people. There's an invitation here. Those words are followed immediately with be merciful, therefore, as your heavenly father is merciful. See, Jesus' words are inviting his followers to, to come in, to actively participate in the life of God here in the world, to respond to one another, not in kind, but as God responds to humanity, regardless of our appreciation for or ability to receive it. The call to the Christian life is to act towards others as God has acted towards people. Whether or not anybody else cares. This is the new reality that's connected to their new identity. He's just told them, you're in. God has made you in. Now go and use that that in-ness for other people, for people who hate you, and for people who love you. This is a new way now. The way of God is kind and merciful. Participate in it. 
one of the things I love about this passage is that this is not like a, just like a generic teaching that exists in the Bible, but these words uh, are written down as coming from Jesus' mouth. Jesus, who, who if you know the Christian story, you remember, is the one who is the clearest expression of who God is for humanity. Jesus is the one who, who showed up as the, the body of God in the world, and he ends up beaten and then murdered. Jesus is the one who demonstrates with his entire life a new way of being. As one author puts it, when we see Christ dead upon the cross, we discover a God who would rather die than kill his enemies. God doesn't play our games of treating each other in kind, of repaying violence for violence with violence or evil with evil. There's a new way, the way of life. Friends, Jesus is literally the embodiment of that new way and suffers the consequences of our way. Jesus is the divine way of loving enemies. Now, I know that this can be like this really interesting thought experiment and a cool, you know, idea or philosophy to consider. So I want to help us locate this in our lives today to bring it down to our level and, and actually engage with it and try to practice it. But also as we talk a lot about this idea of like an inner journey and an outer journey, right? Of exploring what's in here, the universe within us, getting acquainted with ourselves and knowing ourselves. There's a whole, a whole stream or tradition about exploring the inner world. And, and so we encourage you to take that journey, to do some inner work. But we also, we have this image of this Mobius strip, right? That goes in and out forever, so you take this inner journey and explore what's inside and that compels you to this outer journey to do something in the world. And you, ex- you exercise out in the world. You express your identity out in the world. And that draws you back in because you come to the limits there, your limits there and find like, oh, I got some things I need to work out. And you come back to this inner journey and it, you just keep doing this over and over and over, in and out and in and out. So we're going to, we're going to use that model as we think about how do we actually do some of this, okay? So first, the inner journey. We, we have parts of us, all of us, in our own unique ways, parts of us, maybe selves, we say that, we might use that word. We have selves that we just reject outright. Maybe we notice ourselves behaving in a way or we blow up in anger or we totally lie to people that we care about. And we say, oh, I hate that part of myself. These are parts that we hide at all costs. These are parts of ourselves that when we see them, when we experience them, we we are disgusted. I think these words are inviting us to learn to love that person. We might call that person our enemy in us. And Jesus is saying, love your enemies. Embrace them, welcome them, hold them. Don't condone their behavior. Don't pretend like the wounds that they've caused don't matter. Don't support their actions necessarily. 
but love them like God does. So we're going to take a minute now, Sunday morning at church, and look at those parts of ourselves that we reject. Let's invite you, if, if it's helpful, to close your eyes. Do you to find that locked door inside of yourself that you really, really don't want to go to? Maybe just imagine what's there. We look at our addicted, our angry, our violent, deceitful, gluttonous, manipulative, fearful selves. Those parts of us that we hate. Picture that self. And hear these words. God loves you. That very you that you hate, God loves. Jesus showed up in the world as the embodied love of that self that you reject. And his words here are inviting us to learn to love in that same way. To respond to that part of ourself who we call enemy like God does in total, free, unimaginable love. We have our outer journey as well. We go out in the world and we run into people who we can't stand. You might not use the word enemies. feels like a strong word, but uh, we have them. People who we reject. We call evil or jerks or fools. You know, those who are like, yeah, in the ranking of humanity, they're below me. They're just, I don't know where below me, but they're down there. We don't really interact because I'm above that. Maybe they're the ones who you say, oh, they just don't get it. So I don't, I don't associate with those people. Maybe it's a specific person. It might just be a group of people who embody or you know, who represent an idea or a, a political ideal or a social stance. So we're going to do the same thing. Just take a moment. If it's helpful to close your eyes, close your eyes and picture whether it's a face of the person or a group of people. See them. Look at them. Really look at them. And hear these words. God loves them freely and fully, wholly, passionately. God loves them. And Jesus is inviting us to learn to love them too. Not condone their behavior or pretend their actions don't matter, that the, those who they've wounded are insignificant, none of that but to love them.
feels foreign to me. I like chafe at it when I try this. It feels like, yeah, that's not really how it works. At my best, I take this on as like my project, right? My thing that like, I I can do this. I can make the list and check the boxes and, you know, climb that ladder so that I feel better about myself, which is tied up in me feeling worse about other people. I just want to remind us, this is not a new ladder to climb. This is not even our project. Learning to do this, to actually practice this, is the work of God in people. It is literally divine work. So this is not our doing. If you're a follower of Jesus, you see in the Bible uh, that Jesus talks about the idea of like Christ being in you, right? In, in the Gospels and then later on in the letters, especially stuff that Paul writes, he talks about Christ being in you, that the Spirit of God is in you. This is what it's for. The Spirit of God is inside of you. If you follow Jesus, the Spirit of God is inside of you so that you can learn to love enemies. To help us along. It literally puts the power of God in people to be kind and merciful and forgiving and generous so that we might learn to love the enemies in here and out there. God does that. This is not a process of acquiring or achieving. This is a process of letting go, of receiving this from God. You'll notice in this passage, there's some reward language. Like your reward will be great. This is what will happen if you do these things. That is not playing the same game that we play of like the tit for tat, like let's trade some things. Jesus is describing what what naturally happens to people when they participate in the life of God like this. And what he says is that you, you become who you truly are. You become the beloved children of God that you already are. And you get to enjoy the fullness of a life that is lived the way we were meant to live on behalf of other people, for the sake of other people. A life that accepts our own self and all the division and the frustration and the different people in there that accepts and loves, says welcome, works through that pain and healing. And a life that accepts the people out there, doesn't condone their behavior or pretend like it doesn't even matter how people behave, but says, I love you, welcome. This is the life of God that generates life in us. This is the plan. There's not some other, you know, like, oh, it's all just going to be better. As Jesus was the embodied action of God in the world, loving enemies, the Christian family is here and now the embodied action of God in the world to love enemies. So maybe you've been around the Christian world for a long time and uh, maybe this is just like a little refresher on Jesus. Receive it. 
receive him again and again and again. That's what we do at communion every Sunday. We practice over and over and over this process of releasing our climbing the ladder or playing the game and saying, okay, God, I'm saying yes, do this thing in me. Maybe you're here and you're like, I don't know about this Jesus guy. I'm just kind of checking this thing out. I'm not sure. Well, this is the path. The path of the Christian life leads us to loving enemies. And it's a path of lots of practice and frustration and difficulty. It is not easy. Frederick Buechner uh, writes about the word. There's a, there's a passage in the Bible that says, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. It's like a really central passage for the Israelite people in the Old Testament. And he says, maybe those words in the end become more of a promise than a demand. That you will love the Lord your God at the end. That's the journey. We all start from where we're at now and we're all headed that way. But God does that in you. So receive him. Jesus is about loving his enemies. He's about making it possible for you to love yours too. Receive. Open yourself. Let him in so that you might go out in our world, that you might look in the mirror and be a lover of enemies too. Let's pray.